Ladies and gentlemen, we are just over 60 hours away from the new year 2023. Today, back in time. It's all about 1987. Jumping Jay, I'm not sure what's going on with your uh, your connection over there. I can barely hear you. I think you cut out. Um Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another action-packed, body-slamming episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. This is Tommy Fierro, Jumpin' Jay. Just jump right back in as soon as you uh, have a good connection again. Uh, the, uh, the the fun parts of going live. You never know what's going to happen, especially in Minnesota, where Jay is. That weather's crazy over there, so uh, his connection is, uh, his connection is uh, always hit or miss. However, we're going to be talking about the greatest moments and memories of 1987 in the world of the WWF today here on the final episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast for 2022, a year in review, and we're going to review the year 1987, WWF, obviously, tons of stuff to dive into on this episode uh, including uh, probably the biggest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania three, which led to the start of adding additional pay-per-views. Now, in 1987, at that point, it was just WrestleMania once a year, and they wound up adding the Survivor Series in 1987 due to the success of WrestleMania three. And then, as you know, in the following year, 1988, they would add the Survivor Series. I'm sorry. Um, they would add the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam in 1988. So, 87, a very, very big year. We want to hear from you. Give us a call on the Slam line. Area code 516-595-8295. Again, 516-595-295. Jump and Jay, have you been able to jump back on the line yet? He has not. So I am flying solo here on uh, 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Now, Jay's in control of the uh, the caller line and the slam line, so I have no ability to see who's calling in right now. Uh, but I, I believe he's back in the section. Is Jay, you back in there? Tommy, can you hear me? Yeah, you were cut in and out, and then you just you fizzled out. But I know in Minnesota, brother, uh, you're so tall that the signals from the – the telephone poles above you too close to him sometimes and that might have screwed up the connection but I'm happy you're back. I'm just talking about Brother, well, I don't while you were gone now. No, I'm sorry, I was just saying I, I, while you were gone, I was just I was setting everyone up how big nineteen eighty seven was. Obviously WrestleMania three and the ad at the Survivor series and there's so many big newsworthy stories coming out of this year, so I'm excited to talk about it today, man. Yeah, nineteen eighty seven is a huge year in the landscape of the World Wrestling Federation. Big Reviews, big pay-per-views, new pay-per-view storylines that people are talking about. It's been three, six years, but here we are still talking about them. And this is a great one. We're a brand new year ourselves, 2023, but today it's all about 1987. And I can tell it's a good topic, Tommy, because the slam line, it's already lit up. So let's jump into our first caller and kick off this conversation. The first guy weigh in on 1987 is a guy who, he's so good-looking. He might not even be born yet, but we're talking about Danny 
from Butler. Good morning, Danny. Tommy, jumping Jay, just I wanted to wish you a, a very belated Christmas and a, a happy new year going forward. I know I didn't, I wasn't able to uh, speak to you guys last week, but I uh, definitely, uh, what a way to kick off, I mean, to to end, uh, send uh, 2022 uh into the sunset with uh, the topic that we're uh, talking about today in 1987. Oh, yeah, man. Danny, happy happy holidays to you and happy new year to you and your little guy and wife. Yeah, man, this is, this is something we can all dive into because this is right in the middle of the big boom period for the WWF, you know, cat, catapulting itself into the, the pop culture. Now, 1987, obviously a gigantic year. Uh, for the company, uh, when you first heard about this topic, Danny, obviously I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone here in 1987, you think of Hogan and Andre, WrestleMania three for that for that year. What are some of the other things that stand out for, uh, stand out to you for that year, 1987? Uh, well, you know, I think you know when it comes to the golden age of wrestling, I think the the two biggest years that stand out, I think obviously uh, 1985 when you know the, the um, inaugural WrestleMania. Data, that uh, that kind of put the you know you know WWF in in the mainstream you know with the rock and wrestling, um, in you know that era and then you know 1987 you know that was, I guess the you know you could say that you know that's probably the biggest year, uh, in uh, professional wrestling at that time WrestleMania three being the, the the biggest uh, pay per view of all time you know the the largest you know the most memorable main event. Obviously, with Hogan and Andre uh, going at it, um, you know, 1987 was such. It was like you could say it was groundbreaking uh, with WrestleMania three. Um, you know, you got you know obviously you added you know you know it became such a success. You know, obviously you mentioned it, you know that you know you, they added the the Survivor Series and in, in the first one was in '87. Um, then you know obviously it led to the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. But you know in '87 you look at you know the you know the milestones from '87. You know, obviously WrestleMania three comes to mind. You know Hogan and Savage. I mean Hogan and Andre, Savage and Steamboat. You know I think '87. You had the Demolition came in. They made their debuts. Um, you know, it, like it's so many. Like I said, there's so many parts into the, this uh, year that made it so special. I mean, I, I could, you know, that was you know, my you know, get, you know, getting into wrestling a little earlier than that, but, you know, that's the year that stands out to me. You know, you could just thinking about watching WrestleMania three in uh closed circuit television, uh, you know, 87, you know, you had, you know, obviously the, the start of the longest reigning intercontinental championship run by the honky tonk, which, you know, that's a, that's a sore spot for me because I really thought steamboat was uh, destined to, you know, have a longer and a more memorable reign after what he did at him and Savage did at WrestleMania three, you know, he had the eventual face turn by uh, Savage leading up to him, you know, in 88, uh, winning the title. So I could go on and on about 87, you know, with so many great moments, uh, so many storylines. Um, but, you know, without a doubt, 87 has to be the biggest uh, year, in my opinion, in, uh, in wrestling history. Absolutely. What about you, Jumpin' Jack? I think that's a beautiful start. Uh, to the show, Danny knows his stuff, and 1987 is just one of those magical years where there's so much going on that influenced 
so much going forward, and it just, as a young fan at that age, it captivated you from the get-go. Absolutely, man. Like I said, that, that uh, you know, 87, you know, it was, like I said, it was just such a big, it, you know, like I said, the 80, you know, WrestleMania 3 set the stage for where we're at right now. I mean, obviously, WrestleMania 1, if, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but... You know that you know that you just think about that moment. You know, you know, just you know, it's just WrestleMania three. You know, you think about that that crowd of not over ninety three thousand. You know, the you know, there's just the spectacles, the spectacle of what WrestleMania is now. You know, everybody you know goes back to WrestleMania three, and um, you know that was you know Hulk Hogan. You know, was on fire. You know, there was like I said, I don't think there was a you know a time where any superstar was as big as Hulk Hogan in in wrestling history. And then, you know, like I said, just, you know, I, I, I liked how, 80, you know, after WrestleMania 3, you didn't see Andre for months and months and months. And then, he, you know, pops up come a Survivor Series, you know, which leads to, you know, the beginning of 88. They signed that contract at the Royal Rumble. And then, you know, you have the, the main event. You know, you have the, the double referee. And then, you know, the rest is history. So um, I'm no, you know, there's gonna, you, know you, guys, you guys got a, a whole lot of calls. I'm going to let them guys, uh, you know, I want to hear what they have to say. And uh, Tommy Jumper J, you know, another another great year in the books for you guys. 2023, 2023 should be, uh, I'm sure it's going to be much bigger. And, you know, you guys, you know, have a happy and uh, healthy new year going forward. And uh look, look forward to talking to you guys uh, next week. Happy New Year, man. Thank you so much. You guys take it, take, take care. Well, there you go, Tom. Conversation is off to a hot start. Obviously, WrestleMania three, big milestone of 1987, but there's so much to cover. I think we're going to keep rolling through the calls, and then there's time at the end. You and I will throw in our own opinions. But up next, longtime friend of the show. Welcome back to the show, Marty. Hey, Jumpin' Jay, Tommy Sierra, how are you guys doing? Party with Marty in New Jersey, baby. What's going on, brother? How are you? I saw that... Uh... I, I texted Jay right before we went on the air. I know we're friends on Facebook, Marty. I posted my story of me and Big Jump and Jay from 80s Wrestling Con. I saw that you viewed it. So you now know, if you didn't know already, what the world's tallest man looks like. Handsome son of a gun, isn't he? He is. Um, I, I yeah, got to apologize I that's the first thing you saw this morning, man. Hopefully you yeah. down. That's how I greeted the day. Um, so now it's the wallpaper for my phone. So now I get to see it all the time. But um, no, uh, but speaking of that, I I don't ask for much in terms of presents from anybody. But I I talked to my wife and I said, look, my birthday is the end of March. The only thing I want this whole year is to drive to North Jersey. It's an arduous trip from, for those of us down here. And I said, but I want to go to WrestleCon. She goes. Yeah, I'm coming. Nice. I'm coming up today. All right. We'll have, to make, we'll have to make Party with Marty part of the live show. We're going to plan on I, doing a live show. I'm not going to be able to do it, obviously, but Jay's going to. Yeah. We're going to have some of the regular callers a part of it. So uh, Total with Hall will be there. You'll be there. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Danny from Butler's going to be there. So we're going to have a little 80s con, uh, 80s wrestling podcast party on May 6th. That's awesome, man. I'm happy you're coming. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm real excited, and yeah, a- anything 
with the callers, any activities, like I definitely want to be a part of that. Uh, and I got to be honest, I'm just as excited to meet the two of you as I am, like, you know, any of the superstars. I feel like I know you guys. So, like, oh, man, this is going to be great. So I'm trying to convince awesome, my man. cousin to come. But if he doesn't, I'll, I'll make the trip myself. If he doesn't, so, tell him like to go fuck himself. Two, two and a half hours. <laughs> What's that? If he doesn't want to come, tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Well, just I know. kidding. That, that, that's Cousin, Jersey for, uh, my book. Yeah, that, that's Jersey for the heck with you. So, yeah, no, I, I, I got you. But, yeah, he was a big Macho Man fan, too, and I was talking to him about it. Man, I said, you got to come. I said, they're, they're oh, giving something to Lanny Poppo. he can make it as well. Yeah, but like I said, I'm – I'm definitely coming, so I I can't wait. Uh, I hate I had serious FOMO last year, so I I can't do that again. So I'll be there. Awesome. Man. Um, but eighty-seven. I'm going to echo a lot of what Danny. What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, Nineteen eighty-seven. We're talking about. I know Danny touched upon a lot of the big moments right off the gate. Uh, but I mean, I'm I'm looking through results from from that year, man. There's so much good stuff. Uh, going on in 1987. What are some of your fondest memories of probably one of the biggest years in the history of the WWF? Yeah, and, and I agree with everything Danny said. 87 is the best year. When you, for for me, I was born in 80. So I got to, I didn't get to see a lot of guys in their heyday, but in 87, the if you look at the roster, you still got the Iron Sheik, Volkov, uh, you got... Harley Race, still there. Uh, Big John Studd, I think, had just left. But you have still Bundy and all these guys. Then you see the beginning of other people. Rick Rude's coming in. One Man Gang's coming in. Honky Tonk Man. Um, So if you look at the roster top to bottom, it has everybody. I think it was probably the best year for LJN, too, because the roster was so stacked. Um, So there's that. And then my opinion, the greatest storyline ever is, is Macho Man and Hogan. And that begins in the fall of 87. So, you know, the year True. starts with Hogan, Andre. That's the most incredible thing ever. Best WrestleMania ever. Uh, you get the, you know, the mega powers. You know, they start to sow the seeds. Saturday night's main event. Uh, Honky Tonk Man starts his run. Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at Macho Man's team for that, how over was that team? Like, if you think of him, Hacksaw, uh, Brutus, uh, Jake the Snake, Steamboat, like, that's a ridiculously over team. And then, in my opinion, Andre's team might have been the best team ever. Like, King Kong Bundy was one of the smaller guys on the team. And you had Natural Butch Reed, Rick Rude, one-man gang. Like, that was awesome. So, yeah, 87 from start to finish, in my opinion, best year ever. I, I agree, man. I agree. I, you know, I mean, that whole time period, 87, 88, 89, you look back on this year, and, you know, we, we started digging into this episode before we went live, and, man, there's just so many moments and memories. And you're, and you're right, all these debuts this year also, one of the major debuts in 87 was one of the most popular characters in the history of 80s wrestling, the, the debut of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of moving pieces going into this year. But, uh, yeah, man, that's that's awesome that you guys are uh, planning on coming up for 80s WrestleCon. Hopefully your cousin can come too. But if not, me and Jay are, are definitely looking forward to meeting you, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm real excited. And, 
Like I said, the, the, the plans are being put in place, but I'm coming. I'm not missing this year. So. All right, man. Hey, listen, brother. Hope you have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to both of you guys, too. And uh, take care. I'll talk to you guys hopefully soon. I have to go back to school. So, like I said, my schedule doesn't allow for me to call, but I got to get in today. So, you guys have a great New Year, and hopefully I'll talk to you all soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Marty. Great conversation so far, Tommy. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. Before we go to the next caller, I know we have several on hold right now, uh, just because I want to make sure I have to do an hour sharp today because the store was a little bit busier this week with Christmas because a lot of people are off, so we have to head out right at 11 Eastern time. So I want to make sure I get this in because he was just talking about all the debuts in 1987 and how, how stacked that roster was. So what I did was I pulled up the 1987 WWF roster. Uh, now, listen to, listen to this lineup, man. These are everyone, this was everyone that worked for the company in 1987. Andre the Giant, Arnold Scullin, obviously he was backstage, uh, B. Brian Blair, Bam Bam Bigelow, Black Jack Mulligan, Bob Orton, Bobby Heenan, Bret Hart, Bruce Pritchard, Bruno Sammartino, Brutus Beefcake, Butch Reed, Chief J. Strongbow, Corporal Kirshner, Davey Boy Smith, Demolition, Don Morocco, Dynamite Kid, Mean Gene Oakland, George Animal Steel, Gorilla Monsoon, Greg Valentine, Haku, Harley Race, Hillbilly Jim, Honky Tonk Man, Howard Finkel, Hulk Hogan, Ivan Putsky, Jack Tunney, Jake Roberts, Jesse Ventura, Jim Brunzel, Jim Duggan, Jim Nightheart, Jimmy Hart, Johnny Valiant, Junkyard Dog, Kamala, King Kong Bundy, Coco Beware, Lord Alfred Hayes, Mike McGurk, Mike Rotundo, Miss Elizabeth, Mr. Fuji, Nick Bockwinkel, Nick Nikolai Volkov, One Man Gang, Pat Patterson, Paul Orndorff, Paul Roma, Pedro Morales, Randy Savage, Rick Martell, Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat, Roddy Piper, S.D. Jones, Sensational Sherry, Sika, Steve Lombardi, Superstar Billy Graham, Ted DiBiase, The Fabulous Moolah, Iron Sheik, Ultimate Warrior, Tito Santana, Vince McMahon, and Virgil. Now, man, talk about star power, all those names I just read off. You, you know, today in the year 2022, if you had to cherry pick, you know, five guys that are super over in WWE right now, you know, obviously you're going to pick Roman, you're going to pick, you know, uh, you know it, it, it's, it's Slim Pickens, you know, Seth Rollins, uh, Sami Zayn now, so I mean, the, the top top guys like back then, dude, 1987, and that's the reason why I wanted to read that off. You're talking about some gigantic, gigantic star power. We're not just talking one two guys. We're talking like 15, 20 guys. Yeah, it's, it's intense. You just read off over 70 names, and you very well could have been reading a Hall of Fame. I mean, the names are that big. Not one of those guys makes you scratch your head and go. Now, who was that? Every time you said a name, you could picture that individual. They were they mattered in 1987. This was when WWF had cherry picked so much talent. They had bought their roster up so much that all 70 plus people that you named were recognizable names. Even 36 years later, we can picture exactly who they are. And like you said, 36 years from now, you're not going to be able to read through the entire WWE roster and have people go. I remember that guy. But every single one of those names, you can say, yes, exactly who you're talking about. 
Absolutely, man. Big time. I know we got some more callers on the line, so let's, uh, let's get some more 1987 feedback. That's right, and let's turn up the heat on the conversation. Talk to firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Firefighter Brian, I like that. Very good. How you guys doing? Happy New Year. God bless. Happy um, New Year to you, my friend. How are you? I can't complain. How's everything with you? So, uh, hey, listen, I can't complain, but nobody listens, so why bother? And also, will listen. Ain't going to give you any money anyhow, so what's the point? So, um, <laughs> you know, I was listening, when I was listening to you guys uh, last week, you said 1987 was going to be today's uh, topic. The first thing that came to my mind, and I know for most people, it's, you know, WrestleMania three or something about WrestleMania three. you know, Hogan Andre, of course, Savage Steamboat, you can't talk about 1987. Without talking about that match, of course, you know, uh, a Piper Adrian. I, I I hated the Adrian Adonis gimmick, the adorable gimmick, but that feud was so intense. It was a great feud. Um, I remember telling Bob Orton not too long ago, the beating they gave Roddy Piper in the, uh, on Piper's pit, all of them, when they jumped him. Um, that's one of the most brutal beatings I've ever seen. And I've been watching wrestling somewhere between 35 and 40 years. And he laughed and said, Piper deserved it. So, um, but anyway, uh, but what, what I thought of, when I thought of uh, some, uh, 1987, is the first Survivor Series. And that's an important show for two reasons. Number one, the show still holds up. I mean, that's one of those few, very few pay-per-views that just stands the test of time. Um, the first, I would say, 87 to 90, those four Survivor Series hold up. It was when they abandoned elimination matches the entire show that I think it jumped the shark. And I've screamed for years how to bring that show back. I miss all elimination matches. Titles don't need to be defended. Every single pay-per-view, give the titles a break, you know, give certain feuds a break. And it's fun seeing, you know, wrestlers who normally wouldn't team or face each other doing that. So I thought the concept was great. And, again, the show still holds up from the wrestling to Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura on commentary to they did a whole – and they did a whole – you mentioned Ted DiBiase. They aired every vignette of his, you know, his coming attraction vignettes. So that got us ready for him, for one, in my opinion, the greatest heel of all time. But also, let's talk about the significance of Survivor Series 87. You can make a case that Survivor Series 87 was, if not the first nail, then one of the biggest nails in the coffin of WCW because it was Vince came up with Survivor Series 97 to go up against Starcade. And with the success of WrestleMania three. He told all the cable companies, if you air Starcade, if you carry Starcade, I'm not giving you WrestleMania 4. And with the success of WrestleMania 3, everybody wanted WrestleMania 4. So hardly anybody carried Starcade. And, and then a new tradition was born with Survivor Series. So it was, it's a very important show in the history of not only the company, but in all of wrestling. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And you're so right about the Survivor Series and, and, and what a big concept that was. 
and obviously it's still going extremely strong this day. Obviously, the structure of it is 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 much different than it was back then. But uh, just the idea back then of you know all your you know favorites being able to be on the same team for one night only to team up and take on you know their arch rivals. It was such a unique concept, and and obviously they they catapulted that to Royal Rumble next year where another brand new concept happened with you know 30 guys then they added the uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view as well but yeah man I agree with you that Survivor Series that first 1987 Survivor Series is crucial in the history of the WWF and professional wrestling as well because like I said with the with the popularity of the WrestleMania 3 pay-per-view they you know they expanded it to a second one and that was Survivor Series so yeah 87 uh, you think of WrestleMania three, but I agree with you, man. I think that that Survivor Series is is equally as big because that catapulted WWF to go to four pay per views a year, and then eventually monthly pay per views, and then we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. Jump and Jay, what do you think? I, as you guys were talking on the Google machine, I was trying to figure out whose brainchild Survivor Series was because it is such a unique concept, and when you such a stacked roster it's a great way to showcase everybody without having a eight or spectacular show and so i'm trying to figure out if that was Vince McMahon or who exactly was behind the concept i have yet to be able to determine it but yeah it's a game changer for the world wrestling federation and, and and not to mention you know they talk about everybody talk about all oh, the, the first shots of monday night war you talk about a shot you know vince putting up uh, ma- making his own pay-per-view with a new concept, something new and different and fresh, up against, uh, you know, st- a lot of it's easy to forget. Before WrestleMania, there was Starcade, and Starcade was their was their WrestleMania, their Super Bowl, and he put it up against Starcade, and hence made Starcade a complete disaster that year, at least financially, and. You know, and another thing I liked about it was by having, you know, nothing but elimination matches. Now, I know a lot of, looking back, a lot of people who worked in WWF at the time, Bruce Pritchard being one of them, said, like, the tag team match, all that humanity in one ring, it's hard to see, you know, the action because you got guys surrounding the ring. With today's camera angles, today's technology, that wouldn't be a problem. I actually think it would be a good idea. And you get guys per view that there normally wouldn't be room for. And I, what I really liked about the, uh, the – what made it even better was the results. Of course, the first match, you got the big guys surviving. Steamboat, Savage, Jake. Then the women's match, the very underrated and unfortunately forgotten uh, Jumping Bomb Angels. And then the tag team match – you had but one of my all-time favorite tag teams, the Killer Bees, and the Young Stallions. The Young Stallions were hardly winning a match, and here they are winning uh, the Survivors in the first Survivor Series. And then in the main event, you put a heel over in Andre the Giant, the first ever Soul Survivor. So I thought the booking was great, and you know, was, and you talk about the, uh, let's look at Hogan's team. You know, Hogan, Bigelow, Orndorff, Patera, Morocco, it was a, uh, it was. It, it's a very important show, and again, they still hold up today. I would say eighty-seven to ninety. If you're looking for something to watch, they still hold up. And and I, let me just say quick before I go, because I'm sure you got other people uh, holding. You know, Peen and Monsoon, greatest te- uh, 
uh, commentary uh, duo of all time. Number two, I put, that's where it gets interesting. Where's the rest of the top five? Number two, Monsoon Ventura had excellent chemistry. They were really good together. And you see, even today, you see um, Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, uh, what's his name, Jericho when he commentates. They're all trying to emulate Jesse Ventura. It's mm-hmm. easy to forget just how influential Jesse Ventura was, but that was a hell of a commentary duo. 100% agree. Jesse Ventura on commentary is gold. Absolutely. 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 And, hey, listen, man, thank you for calling in, and we, we appreciate it, and we hope that you had a Merry Christmas and, and Happy New Year to you, and you should be getting your uh, package from the Wrestling Collector probably today or tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it, uh, gentlemen. It was great to meet you guys uh, during the year. And, of course, Tommy, it was great seeing your store. You have a great store. Congratulations. Much success. And, uh, yeah, I had a great Christmas. Hope you guys did. And uh, Happy New Year. And let me uh, – I always like to ask this at the end of my calls. What's the topic for next week? Or do you want to wait till the end of the show? You know, I'm going to let Jumpin' Jay pick. I'm going to let him pick the episode for the first episode of 2023. So you think about it throughout the remaining 30 minutes and you let me know at the end, all right? Okay, that's the deal. That's the deal. All right, guys. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Sounds all right, brother. Thanks, man. All right, we got a few more callers waiting in the wing, Tommy. But it's important to remember, in 1987, the World Wrestling Federation is still traveling the country and putting on shows all the time. I found a website that tells us who wrestled how many matches. And there was three superstars that wrestled over 200 matches in 1987. There are three pretty good-sized names, and so I'm going to reveal those. Uh, but we'll go to our caller here, and we'll see if we can figure out one of the three wrestled over 200 matches in 1987. Welcome back to the show, Babyface Brian. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Um, 1987, uh, my, my favorite time in wrestling is uh, basically 86, WrestleMania 2 on to uh, uh, 87. Uh, if you're going to pick one year, it's uh, right before WrestleMania 2, right after uh, WrestleMania 3. But uh, that period all the way up through 89, that just the best time in wrestling. And then as far as uh, the three guys that uh, wrestled over 200 matches, uh, Randy Savage has got to be on that list. Uh, uh, that's my guess, at least. Uh, that's so right. There's one. He's one of them. Uh, the other one, uh, possibly Honky Tonk Man. That is correct. You named two of the three right off the bat. Okay, and if I was going to go uh, one more, um, I'm going to say, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of guys that weren't hurt uh, for part of the year. So, uh, you know, possibly Brutus Beefcake was there all year long, but uh, that one's a stretch. He topped out the year 192 matches. He was very close. The third one that we haven't got yet is to a tag team wrestler who later had much success as a single superstar. Well, if it later had much success than Rick Martel? Ooh, no. I'm gonna go he with, had 190 I'm gonna go with Bret matches. Bret Hart. I'm going to go with Bret Hart. 
Bret Hart oh, wrestled good job. 206 matches in 1987. There you go. But yeah, it was Randy Savage, Honky Tonk, and Bret Hart. Right on. Hey, uh, uh, great, great fact there. That uh, like, I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, I'll say real quick with the the. I know everybody's excited about WrestleMania three, but uh, uh, the thing that I want to throw out there, they didn't have one of these matches in East Rutherford, but leading up to WrestleMania three, one of the big um, uh, match types that they had around the country was six man elimination matches. And I always thought that that was the genesis of the survivor series. And it was a great way to put stop, you know, top stars at all these arenas without having actual one-on-one matches that were going to happen at WrestleMania three. So they would have, you know, Hogan uh, with Piper, with, uh, you know, Junkyard Dog, uh, that kind of match versus it'd be like Orndorff and Adonis and Harley Race. And then during the match, they'd have these teases to the audience where, you know, you'd finally get to see Adonis versus Piper. And then right when Piper would go in, Adonis might tag in Orndorff. So they would tease all these big feuds without giving away the big match that was going to happen at uh, WrestleMania three. Andre wasn't a part of those, but uh, it was a great way to, um, to get involved. And he didn't know what was going to happen. It'd be these uh, one-on-three situations. There's a, a really good one that's on uh, Madison square garden that, you know, maybe Tommy went to that, but, uh, or maybe he's seen it, but um, Piper ends up on the winning side against uh, Savage and two others where, you know, he gets the pinfall victory in his last match in uh, Madison Square Garden before he's going to retire. But I've always thought that those six-man elimination matches where, you know, it could be two-on-three, two-on-one, three-on-one, that to me was the genesis of the idea for the Survivor Series when they wanted to go head-to-head against uh, WCW or NWA at the time and uh, have something to go up against the Starcade event. They said, shoot, boost it to five-on-five. That worked uh, before WrestleMania three, and it was such a great concept. So did you get to see any of those, either Jay, or uh, did you go to the one in uh, MSG, Tommy, or I'm sure you've seen some of those matches. Oh, yeah, I def- I've definitely seen them before. And I do remember there being – I can't remember who was on it. I have to, have to probably do some research on it. But I remember there being a six-man tag. I'm not sure if it was in the Garden or or the Meadowlands in East Rutherford. But I remember being there, and I forgot all the guys in it. I know Hogan was in it. I know Steamboat was in it. I know Jake was in it. It was definitely a six-man tag, like all heavy hitters. And I remember seeing yeah. like, Honky Tonk was on the opposite side. Uh, I remember seeing the uh, newspaper advertisements for it. Who else is in it, man? I'm gonna have to we we'll have to research that. But yeah, I didn't remember exactly what you were talking about. And yeah, that that could have been uh, that could have been a way to introduce the concept. And or uh, they did that. They saw that that was getting over, and they decided to make it into a, a bigger event, adding on a couple guys and making it their second pay per view. But yeah, man, that's that's a good point. Definitely. And then uh, the other thing that uh, that I saw 87 as, um, just stepping back a little bit, is uh, you had uh, 86 was such a strong run of house shows. 87, they kept that momentum going. But when you're building like an A, B, and C crew, um, Hulk obviously is on the A crew. You had uh, uh, Piper uh, on those B crews for months where uh, – 
you know, filling arenas. And I feel like 87 was this year where they were trying to replace the talent they lost with Piper. And they also knew that they fairly soon, they knew that they wanted to get Hogan into his own motion picture deal. They saw what Piper was doing. They wanted to plan for no holds barred. So they started trying to look for that number two star and, uh, you know, they brought in Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and then uh, the thing with the Sheik happened. They switched Brutus Beefcake Babyface, and he was super over, but he wasn't he wasn't to that Piper level. Uh, JYD was originally going to leave after WrestleMania 83, and after the Hacksaw thing, he came back. Um, Jake the Snake was super over, but he had, he had some time off with the uh, guitar shop from Honky Tonk Man, and... Uh, Guys like Superstar Billy Graham that they brought in 86, he was hurt. Uh, Ken Patera, they brought him back, but he wasn't quite that level. Ultimate Warrior came in, but um, he wasn't really quite ready yet. You know, when he, you know, SummerSlam 88, he really started taking off. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow they brought in. He needed a manager and wasn't wasn't really at that next level yet. And Ricky Steamboat had the baby, so he had to go away. So they're they're searching for this number two guy. And as late as July, they had Randy Savage still challenging Hulk for the title at house shows. But basically that's who, you know, turned the tide of, okay, here's a guy we can uh, strap the rocket to in uh, WrestleMania four that will carry the company while Hulk takes some time off so they can do no holds barred. So it ended up, you know, turning to Randy Savage as their their next big guy that could kind of take the reins for a while. So it was uh, just a, so much talent, but it's it's tough to find that big, you know, that big Hulk Hogan type star because really nobody's on Hulk's level. But you got guys that were right there close, like you know Roddy and then Randy, and then uh, Can Am Connection. I feel like they they saw with Dynamite Kid and and Davey Boy going out that I felt like they were going to put Can Am Connection into the mix, and then Tom. T- Tom Zink takes off, so they have to shift Tito into his spot and, you know, go that direction. But I feel like they were just searching to try and keep this momentum running, and they were able to do it. But but it took a little messing around with the main events around the country and and seeing who who the guys were going to be. I don't know what you guys feel about like that, but uh, that – that's it's just a great time and finding that guy finding savage it was it was a lot of fun doing that process absolutely man and and brian thank you as always for for calling all the time and, and sharing your insight with us i enjoyed listening to you each and every week i hope you had a merry christmas and a happy new year and uh coming up and we look forward to uh talking next week here on the podcast man yeah, you guys too. And uh, Vikings, uh, Giants, it was a close game. And I, I figured you guys were probably uh, like axe and smash <laughs> at the beginning of the Royal Rumble for about three oh, hours yeah. there where you were head to head. And then it the smoke cleared and, and, you know, it went down how it went down. So good luck to all our squad in football. I was so upset about it. I never texted Jay Merry Christmas until like four days later. <laughs> That's right. He's a little sour. Ah, uh, man. Well, <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we'll we'll talk go next week. Definitely. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you. You too, man. Brian. Thank you so much. Hey, Jay, before we take the next call, I, I pulled up uh, results from 1987 for the WWF. Now, check this out. They didn't have this one, but they had two house shows on New Year's Day. 
uh, back in 1987. What a way to kick off the new year for the WWF. Right on the road, not one, but two shows on a, on a major holiday. Uh, one was in West Palm Beach, Florida at the Auditorium, and the other was in Long Beach, California at the Arena. Let's go over the results of both shows real quick. Again, this is on January 1st of 1987, so no time to rest, Jay. If you were out partying on, on uh, New Year's Eve, you have to make sure you made the town the next day because uh, they had you back on the road. Uh, the one show in Florida had Jim Neidhart against Lanny Popo, Raymond Rougeau against Greg Valentine, King Kong Bundy against Hillbilly Jim, Mike Rotundo against Sika, Bob Orton Jr. against Corporal Kirshner, Jacques Rougeau against Brutus Beefcake, Black Jack Mulligan against Jimmy Jack Funk, and then the main event of that show was a $50,000 bunkhouse battle royal with uh, all the participants on that show. And then they also added in uh, Dick Slater was on that, as well as Jerry Briscoe making a 1987 in-ring appearance. Bobby Heenan was in it as well. Scott McGee and everyone, like I mentioned earlier. And then also that day across uh, in California, they had Kamala against Nick Kanitsky, Hercules against Adrian Adonis, Jim Brunzel against Steve Lombardi, Tito Santana and Pedro Morales against Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik, Billy Jack Haynes against Butch Reed, Bret Hart against Coco Beware, B. Brian Blair against Iron Mike Sharp. And then the main event for the other show, check this out, Jay, for the Intercontinental title, Randy Savage defeats Jake Roberts in a steel cage match. Now, obviously, that's pretty uh, noteworthy news because we're talking Hill Hill in a steel cage match in 1987. They must have given the Bolshevik the night off in the main event, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, what a, what a main event. And, you know, after hearing that Savage wrestled well over 200 matches that year, he's in a steel cage here. One of the things about Savage is that he doesn't phone it in, and so you know he's given the best performance. And if you have the opportunity to see him in a cage match with Jake the Snake, he's worth I promise you that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, they, they started off in 1987 with a bang. A double shot, two different states on the, on the first day of the year. So uh, no rest for the WWF roster. In uh, 1987. Who we got next on the slam line, man? Up next on the slam line, good friend of the show, Joe from Atlanta. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, fellas. How's it going over there in Studio B? <laughs> Studio B is good, brother. I got, I got the, I got the leather couch. I got the M and M's, just the red and green ones. Cold bottle of water. I'm good, man. I, I don't know what's going on with Jay over there, though. I've got tinfoil and a coat rack hanging out the window, trying to get a signal. Yeah, I'll tell you over here, we got we got party poppers, whistleblowers, we got fireworks ready to go. I got bottles of champagne ready to be opened up. I can't wait. I got to tell you guys. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, okay. So let's get serious. <laughs> so, um, tell you guys is I was five years old, and it's the only WrestleMania that I viewed in such a unique way, which was I wasn't there at. WrestleMania 3. I didn't watch it on pay-per-view on TV, but 
in Milwaukee, um, they the building still exists, and it's it currently holds concerts and stuff. It's an indoor venue. So for WrestleMania three, what this big building did was they allowed you to buy it like a ticket and go watch it on a giant screen with other people and and we were I don't believe there were any chairs so we were all standing in this you know it's a big theater type building and I'm watching it on a big screen and um yeah the build up for me personally at 5 years old was so great because it was probably the first time I was in, invested into the drama of Hogan uh Andre and I literally re- remember, like, you know, they say the anxiety going through Hogan and Andre. <laughs> I remember the anxiety going through a five-year-old me and really getting that feeling when finally the match starts Hogan-Andre and Hogan tries the slam. And, it's, you know, I really believed it as a five-year-old. I was completely like, oh, my gosh, all this buildup in this match is going to be over right away. And Bobby the Brain Heenan in his beautiful white uh you know, it looked like, oh, my gosh, this is it. <laughs> but then the match go- goes on to be a better match. Um, but, yeah, that was that was the way I viewed it. And it's just, like, I, I'm kind of curious, like, ha- if other buildings around any other major cities in the U.S. did that or have done that for any other WrestleMania because, yeah, it was a really unique way to, like, being at a kind of like a movie theater. And that's, that's how hyped that WrestleMania was. Um and then, like, m- memorable matches of it, I would say, were uh, the the Hillbilly Jim, King Kong Bundy with the with the little Bundys and stuff. And not, these days I have kids, so at the end of the day I have two kids, two little kids. So, you know, when my little kids are running around and my wife's like, where's that one, where's that one, this one went through my legs, you know, at the, once they're down to, for sleep, you know, I can kind of <laughs> think back to the Bundy <laughs> Billy Jim match. <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, I believe uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan cheats and, and hits uh, Iron Sheik or Volkoff in the back with the two by four. And Gorilla Monsoon plays it real well because even though Gorilla was always for the good guys, Gorilla does say, you can't do that. That's a disqualification. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the the Macho Man match. I still intently watch that on my TV. And the thing I uh, pointed out to my wife, who doesn't really care, is that there's a, a point in that match where Randy Savage does like a flip over the top rope. Like his whole body is like his hands are holding the ropes, and he's like upside down, and he you know lands to the mat. And that's where I point out, like, yeah, I mean, that, that there's one of those proofs of, like, the, the acrobatics of these guys who, and Randy Savage himself would tell anybody, like, you think we're not athletes? Yeah, that, that like, if you tune into that little, little second in that match and watch it, it's like, man, like, that's, like, who who's going to run and flip themselves in the air? And even though you're knowing you're going to land on the mat, like, most people don't do that. So, true respect out there for the Randy Savage. Um yeah, uh, one of my yeah one of my favorite WrestleMania is WrestleMania three. I currently have two copies of it on DVD, and I I literally just uh, was had that in a few days ago. So um, yeah, that's what awesome, I got, guys. <laughs> we 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 appreciate you calling in as always, brother. I hope you had a merry Christmas and you and your family uh, get those fireworks ready. It's 
couple days away. That's right. 2023. Brother, happy new year. Happy holidays. And we will talk to you soon, my friend. Same to you guys. Bye now. All All right, buddy. Joe. Well, there it is, Tommy. 1987, the year in review. I know you got a list of things that you were looking to talk about. I'm guessing a lot of them got checked off that list. Is there anything we missed in the last 50 minutes? I mean, we. I mean, there's just so many moments and memories of 1987. If you go back and look at, you know, all the different storylines and different things that they did throughout the year, um, they only had two pay-per-views, but a ton of major um, storylines and angles and stuff like that. Um, and this also started, obviously, the Piper's Pit, the build-up to uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, some of the best TV in the history of WWF, in my opinion. Um, and that all started at the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I mentioned in the past I was there for it. And, uh, yeah, man, just an exciting year as far as wrestling goes. Not just that, man. How about the merchandise? How about all the different merchandise that they would come out with that year? You know, 85 to 86 was a little uh, slower as far as the different products and items that they debuted. But, you know, come 1987, you full force into a ton of different stuff, and obviously it would catapult the following year. But, yeah, man, uh, amazing year as far as uh, all the different talents that we just mentioned that was there, all the matches and memories and angles, and just unbelievable, man. We could probably talk about it for the next day. Yeah, we could probably take a season of 1987 and the whole hour covering because, like you said, there was so much. And this is back when they really put thought building a storyline and so they would plant seeds and it would take a while for those seeds to to grow and for you to see the full uh you know the full idea that they had going for it but this is back when they would plant a seed and they would water it and they would show you glimpses here and there and they would build the stuff and so it's an exciting year this is why i wish the wwe network would categorize their stuff by year so you could just click 1987 and sit back and watch the lines unfold rather than have to kind of sift through uh, and find different shows from that year. It'd be so cool to be able to put them in your store, 1987, and just watch it unfold from January to December. Uh, what an amazing trip that would be in time. Absolutely, man. And, and if you go on YouTube, I believe, Jay, that there is a recap of 1987 show on mm-hmm. YouTube, I think it was a Superstars of Wrestling episode, so it should be on there, actually. You have to put that on the store to put, team I might today. have to put that on at the slam shop today. I think, I think you have to, man, because, uh, like you said, so many big things. And Jan- they kicked off January by debuting uh, Big Team Demolition, January 4th, 1987. That's the first time we saw Demolition on our TV screen. Look at uh, where they went to have and just the impact they had on the wrestling scene. And so, yeah, 19, their domination run there, World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, man. So, yeah, man, I think we're winding down. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, Year in Review, 1987. Uh, it was a fun year, Jay, talking our favorite topic, 80s wrestling. I'm looking forward to another year next year, each and every Thursday morning 10 a.m eastern time live here on the uh, podcast and you can listen to it 
You can listen to old episodes catch up. Our 100th episode's coming up pretty soon, Jay. So we have to do a big one for that. And uh, you can you can definitely uh, catch up the older episodes, uh, 80s Wrestling, the podcast, on any major podcast platform. And, Jay, the time has come for you. I told you you had a little time to figure out what the next episode's going to be. The first episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, in 2023 will be Drum roll, please. <laughs> You're putting me. Oh, you're, supposed to have, you're supposed to have it queued up for me. I know. I was supposed to have it queued up. I was supposed to have an idea ready to roll. Um, but I did not come up with anything off the top of my head. I was fighting technical difficulties. I might still be cutting out in and out here. I don't know how well you can hear me. Uh, but it was kind of a battle today. I tribute you're, you're, in you're, the new you're, year. You're, you're cutting out so bad right now. I can't even hear you. That's why we're taking it home a couple minutes early. Uh, bad connection today. Uh What's what's next week's episode, Jumpin' Jay? There you go. We can't even hear him now. So you know what? The, the, the next week's episode is going to be a mystery. A mystery next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Until then, Jumpin' Jay, I don't know if you're going to make it back on the airwaves in time. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Everyone has a Happy New Year. Hopefully next week, a new year. A new connection for Jumpin' Jay there in Minnesota, so uh, he doesn't cut in and out like a robot the entire episode. Uh, for Jay, this is Tommy Fierro. Happy Holidays from 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.